Hey, Oscar fans, there are experts and there are super experts who really, really know this Oscar stuff, and they include Tyrus Khan, who is one of the best experts at Gold Derby, consistently uh, among the top, if not you often are usually beating the rest of us. Uh, Tarek, best picture. Uh, we are just days away from the ceremony, and I've got Parasite at number one, as you do, to win. But boy, am I spooked about this. Talking into keeping yeah. it or getting rid of it? You know, it's funny. This is so tough because I feel like it's a coin toss between Parasite and 1917. And my head tells me 1917, you know, the stats favorite, uh, you know, won Golden Globe and PGA, probably, you know, in BAFTA. Um, it's the uh, traditional type of Best Picture winner, and everyone likes it. But my heart tells me, and uh, speaking of voters, um, that Parasite can do it. And that's because I feel like there's a real admiration for 1917, but there's real love for Parasite. People just, like, love this movie. And it's like, yes, it well, that's, that's the, it's the movie this year with the strong rooting factor for it. Exactly. But here's my exactly. problem with that analysis, and I agree with what you're saying, but... but uh, Everybody consistently likes 1917, if not love it. There's no, it's not divisive. But Parasite is, and there are many people who just don't like it or just don't get it. And among the Oscar voters, whatever that percentage is, will decide this race, of course. Uh, so the question is, is, is this a case of the voters saying Parasite's my either number one or two, or it's my number five or six? Uh, and that 1917, no matter what, is going to be in your top three. And that was our observation last year about the upset by Green Book over presumed frontrunner Roma was that uh, while everyone was saying Roma, 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 uh, what was happening was um, every Oscar voter we talked to about their actual ballot, they all had uh, Green Book at number one, two, or three, um, but not it didn't have the most number one votes in our count. Right. Okay. Well, question, Tom. How many people have told you they don't like Parasite? Because I've not really heard any voter, uh, any Oscar voter, who didn't like Parasite. I'm just curious. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm sure that there are, but um, have you heard many yeah, voters? Yeah. Um, well, they still get it. They just shake their head, like, I, "What's all the fuss about?" Or, you know, or we're not going to give it to an Asian foreign language film. It's, they're not saying that, but they are. It's the, it's the subtext in what uh, their conversation is. They don't even know these uh, pampered Hollywood elite that I talked to. They don't even know they're sounding president. But, um, right. Okay, so I guess, oh, that's not our best picture kind of thing. Right. No, true, true. You know, it's funny. Uh, again, I've probably spoken to, let's say, 50, you know, voters or so in the, in, in the past few weeks, and um, they've all said that they love Parasite. You know, um, yeah. I've never heard anyone saying that they didn't like it. And they've all liked 1917 as well. You know, you're right. It comes down to the preferential ballot. I almost feel like now with 1917 looking like, you know, a slam dunk for a director, that actually helps Parasite because they may think when ranking, you know, they know that they'll be giving 1917, you know, Best Director, a number of tech awards, and they could actually give Parasite, you know, um, you know, Best Picture. They could split it again, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, we, we've seen the splits, you know, more often in uh, in, in recent years, the, the picture-director splits. And oh, yeah, Joyce five to, times out of the last seven years, yeah. Right, yeah, and something which Joyce pointed out, um, which was really brilliant, was that in recent years, since the preferential ballot, it's usually, you know, screenplay and picture that go hand in hand more often than director and picture. I think in the past in the past ten years, I think um, uh, eight of the best picture winners won screenplay as well. Um, only um, two films won um, best picture without a screenplay win as well. Uh, the artist, which was you know a silent film, and uh, and the Shape of Water, which didn't maybe have quite as much dialogue. You know, let's say it's Get Out, which won that year. So um, yeah. I think Paris wins original screenplay, and 1917 has, you know, it's nominated, but has no chance of winning screenplay. So if you look at it that way, you know, Parasite, you know, could have could have the edge in the preferential ballot. Yes. Um, I'm just so befuddled by this. Uh, yesterday I was with Pete Hammond and Ann Thompson, and even though I had, and still do, Parasite at Gold Derby, boy, they, by the time we were done chit-chatting, they had talked me out of it. <laughs> Uh, and then so many people in the audience of this uh, slugfest that we did at the office studio um, were just uh, dismissing the whole idea of, you know, Parasite, yes, everyone loves it, but uh, um, 
uh, it's you know snap out of it, O'Neill. It's not really going to happen. But I'm with you. There's I, it's it's these movies like Moonlight and Spotlight are the movies that people just gushed about and glowed about and and rooted actively for like and uh, that's Parasite this year. I, it, what people keep doing over and over and over again, and I'm sure you have this same experience, is that they'll it's um, They'll say, oh, I, we, I love uh, 1917. It's so great, but I really love Parasite. They're selling it to you. And right. that, that's yes. what we've been seeing recently in these Hollywood awards, like Fleabag at the Emmys. Oh, yes, uh, it's Deep's final year, or, or yes, now Mrs. Maisel was even better this season, but uh, Fleabag. And I didn't take that seriously enough as just an, a trend or our tea leaf in this awards prognostication game that we're in. Um, so then, I don't know, right. I can't. How, how confident are you in your parasite prediction? You know, I, 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 again, I feel like it's 50-50, but I can just see it happening. And remember, you know, they've invited um, so many more international members in recent years. Now, we didn't see that so much in the nominations because, you know, Let's say their votes were split between different films. In this case, there's just one international film here for them to yeah. put their vote behind. And also, you know, the, the recent controversy about not enough diversity, you know, that makes Parasite look like the, the nominee that is, um, that in a sense would, um, you know, be the most symbolic, you know, and I think that help, can help account for something. The way Moonlight, you know, winning was symbolic and that uh, I think account for something. Um, you know, it's funny, I remember going back three years ago, I heard a number of voters who said they didn't really get Moonlight and I didn't really think it could win, um, but it won. So even if there are you know, some voters who maybe don't get Parasite, I do. I still think it, it can still win the preferential ballot. I think it has enough support now. The membership has changed enough. Um, it, um, it it really can happen. And look, you know, it got in. It got in, even though it missed the acting nominations, which is no surprise. You know, no no famous actors there. You know, it got in for a director, screenplay, editing, got a tech nomination. It's been consistent this season. I mean, look, it winning SAG Ensemble over Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with big names like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie and Bruce Dern and all these. I mean, the fact that Parasite can win there, I mean, that shows there really is this passion for this movie. So Yes, uh, but I think it, it had an edge and then an advantage at SAG because it was the only Parasite nomination. Is that, you know, that SAG nomcom was just but right. you know how to spell those Asian names of other actors in the movie. So um, they... They certainly put it there for Parasite. But what was interesting during the ceremony is that uh, the, the, the roaring standing ovation that that victory got, um, the, 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 the excitement that, that exploded when it won was um, really evidence of, of the power of this movie. Right. So uh, you have Mendez Ford, Best Director, too. I've noticed that so right now. And um, uh, I, that, that's what I'm doing, too, with the same kind of – crooked, crazy logic, which is uh, you would think that if Hollywood is so smitten with Parasite, they would automatically go with the uh, the artist director um, uh, Bong Joon-ho. Uh, they've been going with foreign-born directors recently, like Inaritu and uh, uh, Quaron and others uh, heavily in recent years. Uh, and so uh, Bong Joon-ho would certainly be much more uh, in line with that than than Sam Mendes, uh, who was more establishment. But um, I, I think, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's kind of like Mendes had the, had the technical achievement. This is like Quaron winning for Gravity for director. It, it was the directorial achievement, so it had to yeah. win that. Right, exactly, exactly. I mean, and look, I mean, um, you know, 1917, look, he won, he won the Globe, he won DJ. I mean, the last time DJ and Oscar did match for a director was the, uh, the year of 2002, right, when, uh, Roman Flansky pulled up the upset over, uh, over Rob, Rob Marshall. Um, so the, 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 the DJ Oscar split is very, very rare, and it seems like there's little reason this year not for the Oscar voters to go for the DJ winner, because 1917 is, you know, a great uh, directorial achievement, you know, and it's like, you know, also, yeah, you mentioned, you know, um, Gravity winning for a director. Uh, it's like, um, you know, Ang Lee winning for Life at Pi, which was a great directorial achievement. Um, Alejandro Iñárritu winning for The Revenant, you know, which was a great directorial achievement. So 1917 seems to fall into that uh, that same sort of, um, you know, uh, mold. But again, those those films didn't win Best Picture, so you know I think it'd be safer for for a director. But we could see that uh, Best Picture go elsewhere. But I would be shocked if Mendes at this point didn't win uh, didn't win director. 
In a way, I would be too. Yeah. Um, a, a week or two ago, I would have said I would be shocked if, if uh, Bong Joon Ho didn't win. <laughs> but now that um, yeah. yeah, 1917 has swept. Remember, it was just 18 days ago as we speak that uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood won the Critics' Choice Award for Best Picture, and that often right. battles on the Oscar winner. And so, exactly. A very different race it is just two weeks later. I know, it changed so fast. You know, I, I, for, I for a while, I thought that was going to be our Best Picture winner by default, just because it was a film that was doing well, and everyone liked, and it's, you know, Tarantino, and it's a movie about Hollywood, has big stars, was a box office smash, I mean, had everything going for it, and for, for whatever reason, the momentum, um, the passion for this film, it just isn't quite there. You know, maybe if it had been released, you know, at, uh, at Christmas time, and just was picking up buzz, you know, right around, uh, you know, Oscar season, things might have been different, maybe, I don't know, but um, it just seems like people like the movie, but not quite enough. But Brad Pitt has uh, best Supporting actor in the bag, doesn't he? He does. He does. Remember the article I wrote back in August when the movie came out, and I wrote, "If he goes supporting, he can win." <laughs> and um, and uh, it's funny. I mean, I, I mentioned he, he can win the Globe and he can win SAG, and um, and it's happened. And uh, once upon a time um, is a big, you know, contender with ten nominations. And so, yeah, he's he's a he's a he's a slam dunk. I mean, there's uh, no one even comes close. Right. And and, and, and Joaquin Phoenix and Renee Zellweger cannot be toppled. Correct. Right, yeah, Joaquin, I mean, come on. They don't even need to open the envelope. And Renee kind of lucked out the competition, not really that strong, so she is um, she's definitely safe, too. Yeah. Now, in supporting actors, I think that this is where the upset, if it's coming, uh, could very well happen. It, it's often, it's usually in those supporting races, except last year, of course, we saw Olivia Coleman <laughs> pull off the jaw dropper in the lead race. But here I think... Uh, the presumption that Laura Byrne, Laura Dern has this um, locked up, I think is crazy. I think this Scarlett Johansson double nomination, and just the fact that she's sexy, she's the, the it girl, uh, all of that, it, it's reminiscent, of course, of Jessica Lange winning and supporting for Tootsie when she lost for in the lead that year for Francis. And I know right. there are examples like uh, Julianne Moore and Sigourney Weaver, who also had two nominations um, in one year and lost both, but uh, I could see there's so much. Look at how Jojo Rabbit is just uh, pulling off all these big surprises in the Guild Awards, even where we didn't think it would, for example, in costumes, etc. Right, um, right. Jojo is such a strong, uh, underrated. You and I have it for screenplay, and we're in the very minority here. So, sure, sure. And we'll get to screenplay next. But for, for right now, is Jojo strong enough? to carry Scarlett Johansson to an upset win over Laura Dern, or is even Scarlett Johansson strong enough to do that? Okay, I tell you what, I think I think Laura Dern is winning, but you're right, she's not a lock. And I know with speaking to voters, a lot of voters I've spoken to um, feel like this category is really weak, and I've heard a number of votes for Scarlett. I've heard a number of votes for Kathy Bates, do you believe that? A lot of voters yeah. have said they thought she so I actually have I have Kathy Bates I think uh, at number three. Um, I think I think Laura um, Dern I think support for her is um, not overwhelming, but ha- given that she's won the Globe, she's won SAG, won Creek's Choice, she probably went back. Yeah. It's a Best Picture nominee. She had Little Women. Um, she had Big Little Lies. You know she's loved in the industry. I think she wins a plurality. Um, you know, not she doesn't win by a landslide, and I think Scarlett comes close. Maybe Kathy Bates comes close, but Laura still wins. Um, you know, I wouldn't. Uh, if I'm Laura Dern, I won't feel you know confident until I, until I say my name. But I think she still gets it. You know, but I think I think Scarlett does finish a, a strong second, and I have heard a number of votes for Scarlett. So um, I think this is the only race where um, where somebody's not winning. You know, by a landslide. Yeah, and the a few Oscar voters we've spoken to. And we're just still starting this process right now, but uh, actually have told us they voted for Scarlet. So I mean, this is a very real thing here. Um, now, now let's jump over to uh, adapted screenplay, where the presumption is that, uh, that Greta Gerwig will win here as a consolation for having been shut out um, in the directing race, and also she will win because it's so, the women is so good, and because it's literature. And uh, adaptations of literary works often do well here. But what's your take on why JoJo for an upset? 
Well, basically, I don't think Little Women, you know, this is the fourth time the movie's been done. I mean, the very first version with Catherine Hepburn, that one, you know, for uh, for screenwriting. Um, I don't see them getting a screenplay, you know, nomination, uh, win to a film that has been, is, is being done for the fourth time. You know, I mean, it's well written, this, this latest uh, adaptation, but I just don't see that. I think there is a little left for Jojo Rabbit. Um, it is, um, it is original. It is well written. It's a dialogue driven film and, uh, there's passion for it. And, um, I think if you look at these nominees, it's the one where the words, where, where the, where the writing really jumps out of you. You know, um, no pun intended, Jojo Rabbit. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Jojo Rabbit, um, six nominations. It has the heart. I, it's one place where Green Book pulled off a surprise in the screenplay races last right. year. Yeah. And, uh, I think it, it was because of the picture, of course, but it, it just, um, the heart of it was so irresistible. And I think that's, What's behind this JoJo thing, and it's a perfect example of how stupid film critics are and TV critics when they when they bash things like Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book early on, and then are just shocked and outraged. The whole kind of journalism group think or the blogosphere group think that uh, oh we don't like this movie. That that movie you weren't allowed to like this year was JoJo, and right out of the Toronto Film Festival, I was there when all those critics. We were sitting side by side, and I was shocked at some of the uh, takedowns by prominent um, media. But on the other hand, JoJo then rallied and had strong support among many other major media critics, and uh, it's uh, it's taking off. It's beloved, and, and, and I'm glad. Yeah, you heard it is. I loved it too myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Voters, most voters really like it, and. Um, I don't think it's going to, it's going to go on empty handed. It can't win much else, and I think this is the best place to honor it. And again, you know, it's it's dialogue driven. You know, I mean, it's it's a script that that could have easily failed, and it didn't. It worked, and um, I think it, I think it wins here. I mean, Little Women. You know, I mean, uh, Greta Gerwig. I mean, you know, it's a shame she's not going to win again this year. I don't think, but you know, they're not they're not um, you know they don't really care about that anymore. You know, they're voting for what they think is best. I mean, look for Glenn Close last year. I mean. If they don't think you deserve it, um, you don't get it. So you know, nobody gets a you know a prize just for a, you know for a, because they want to give you an Oscar. They have to vote for you because they think you deserve it. In this case, I think they're going to view Jojo Rabbit as just being a um, you know a, a greater achievement in screenwriting. But uh, the Irishman is certainly uh, dialogue driven <laughs> by, uh, uh, by Stephen uh, Zalian, who has of course um, won Oscar in the past. Um, and, it, and it's a prestige name and fact in this uh, writing branch. Uh, why not Irishman? Uh, oh, because it's it's too long and too boring, and uh, voters don't <laughs> think it's original. And I'm sorry, the Irishman. I as soon as I saw it, and I started speaking to voters who saw it, I said earlier, this is never going to be best picture. I mean, too many voters. Honestly, I hate to say this, but too many voters have just trashed that film. I'm sorry. It's just uh, the, the love for the Irishman. I'm sorry, it's just not there. So um, I, I'll, be, I'll be shocked if Irishman wins here. Um, there, there's passion for Joe. There's, there's, there's some passion for Little Women, but the Irishman, it's not there. Um, you know, the, the script, it's not, it's, it's not tight. It's not, you know, it's not concise. It's, um, you know, I mean, it, it wanders, and uh, people say it could have been, you know, cut down by at least an hour. So um, there's just no way it's going for screenwriting, you know. You've got Parasite winning original screenplay, and <clears throat> I've, periods of time in the last several weeks have put it there and then taken it down. I took it down, I believe it was this morning, and put uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood back up to win there. Um, I'm, I'm the hunch that, you know, Quentin has been winning these screenplay awards. He, he didn't win Critics' Choice and The Globe and um, what else did he win? Uh, he's just, he's irresistible on that stage. Uh, he's not nominated at WGA, of course, this weekend. He's not right. uh, a member of the Guild. But um, he's won t- the screenplay Oscar twice before. He seems to be um, beloved there. And it's and it's kind of like uh, he's such, he's like Hollywood's favorite bad boy. It's the same reason Parasite is so popular. Is it appeals to the anarchist in all of us, the saboteur, the... Um, the uh, person who believes that everyone else is is successful and rich and happy and I'm not and I got screwed. <laughs> but um uh so and Quentin by being the bad boy, by being the rebel is what I'm trying to say, is uh is it's he has so few movies that he ever puts out, it's always like um just give him that 
screenplay Oscar, right? Or no here? Well, you know, Parasite, the thing is, Parasite, it's, it's so original. It's so well written. It's so tight, you know. Um, it's, I mean, really, I think it's a masterpiece in screenwriting. And once upon a time, you know, that, that would be normally, you know, a safe choice. And, I mean, it has a chance to win. But uh, there's been some complaints by some people saying that the movie, you know, wanders too much. It's not, uh, it's not focused enough. And, um, you know, it's, a lot of people don't feel like it's his best screenplay. So, um, I think, um, you know, I think Parasite is the one that, that stands out here for originality the, and... The fact that it's not in English, and if you, I know Talk to Her, of course, won, the Spanish language movie here, um, but that is a problem, isn't it? Well, you know, you would think so, but anymore, I, I think voters are looking I'm for... reading this movie instead of, if, you know, hearing it. Right. Well, doesn't actually help its case, though, in that sense that people actually had to read it? Oh, know, that's true. That's interesting. So... Um, no, I mean, I mean, it's uh, it's so well constructed, you know, the uh, the plot, the introduction, the characters. Once it goes into motion, and of course, you know, the great plot twist. I mean, it, it, you know, it reminds you of, like the Crying Game, yeah. which one for screenplay, and uh, Usual Suspects, which one for original screenplay. Um, so Parasite, you know, it, it has that. I mean, and it's it's a stronger Best Picture contender than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at this point. So that gives it the edge here, and you know, it's a chance also to give you know Bong Joon Ho a consolation prize. He's he's one of the screenwriters on it. Um, so I you know, I think it wins. Remember, Quinn, 10 years ago, for Louis Bastards, he lost his category to uh, to the Hurt Locker, to Mark Bowles. So he's not invincible in this category. You know, and I thought Louis Bastards was, you know, great original screenplay, you know, much much more original than the Hurt Locker, in a sense, in his writing, the characters, you know. So I was surprised that he lost for that. So if he can lose for that, you know, to a Hurt Locker, he can lose this year uh, for once upon a time to Parasite. So, yeah. Um Cinematography, I've got with you 1917 co- costume, Little Women, of course. I mean, the biggest costumes always win here, the most fluffy, the most of things. Uh, right. Best oh, film, film editing, yes, yes, um, Ford vs. Mm-hmm. Ferrari, because it's it's the most dizzying movie. Um, I mean, it just, it's just the most obvious, heavy handed editing. It's um, flashiest. Right. Yeah. But Parasite just won the Ace Eddie Award. Um, that's true, yes. Yeah. So it's, 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 it, it can, it can yes. You know, that's possible. It's funny. Um, the, the Eddie Award actually, Eddie Award winner often loses, you know, the, the Oscar because of uh, <laughs> what is, I mean, for example, look back, I remember, um, Arrival, you know, won, won the, uh, won the Eddie, um, three years ago. And I, I thought that should have won the Oscar. And, uh, cause it was just, it was so tight, so, so, so well, um, put together. And Parasite's the same way. Um, I remember Arrival lost to Hacksaw Ridge, had flashier editing. And in this case here, Ford v. Ferrari, I mean, you know, all those, those racing sequences, I mean, it's the flashiest. So, um, Parasite could do it, but I have to say, you know, Ford v. Ferrari. Also, historically, a film that has, um, that has, um, sound nominations, in this case, Ford v. Ferrari has both nominations for sound mixing and sound editing, is far more likely to go film editing than a, than a picture that doesn't have the sound nominations, which Parasite doesn't. So, um, look at the stats, Ford v. Ferrari has that advantage as well. Well, he yeah, actually last year with editing. Remember, it had sound nominations, which Vice didn't. And, um, you know, Vice, a lot of people thought it would win uh, for editing. I did, too. It, it won the BAFTA, but uh, but Bohemian won the, the Oscar for editing. Um, and those sound uh, nominations were key, which Vice didn't have. So um, looking at that pattern, Ford v. Ferrari, I think, does um, does have the edge. Um, Bombshell is ahead, I agree, for makeup and hairstyling, but I don't think this is a lock. I think... Just the Joker's face alone is um, so tempting uh, for those Oscar voters in terms of makeup. They often go for the cartoony face kind of. Didn't uh, uh, Dark Knight win, I think, um, uh, makeup that year perhaps? But um, no, no, that was curious. Benjamin Button, but but you, know, you they make a good point. You know the um, the you know the, the dramatic makeup. You know that can. Um, I mean, look at Suicide Squad. That one. You know, uh, three years ago for makeup. You know, so um, you're right. That that's a good point. You know, Joker does have 11 nominations, and um, it's not going to win many places. So this could be a place where they, they do want to check it. You know, Bombshell kind of kind of flopped. Um, but the thing is, you know, the bomb. Everyone talks about Bombshell and what an amazing job they did uh, turning Charlie's into Megan Kelly. So, I mean, that's the one thing that everybody agrees on. So uh, it's such a standout. Um, and also, you know, and now, you know, it has makeup and hairstyling. That's in the, in, in the category title. And Bombshell has the hairstyling with, you know, with uh, Charlize and Nicole and, and Margot. So, oh, I know, um, right. 
But I give you the Exactly, exactly. Uh, but but, I, but has it has a shot. That, that there is a chance, but I'm saying you're right. Yeah. Uh, production design. I'm. Uh, I, I can anticipate why you're going for Parasite, but I'm caving to the to the uh, pundit uh, consensus for what's upon a time in Hollywood. Um, here, um, give me your best. Argument as to why Parasite. Okay, yeah. well, let me explain this. Now, remember, I'm going back to Golden Globes. Okay, who was the only person who picked Missing Link for uh, animated feature the Golden Globes? Tom, who was the only person who picked that? All right, no, no, uh, sorry. Uh, yes, you called. Yeah, it. And, again, and the reason but that the reason, is not production design. That was animation. No, 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 let me explain though. That was the one in that category that was uh, original. The other ones were all remakes, you know, or, or sequels. And Missing Link at the Globes was like the one, it was the one that stood out, was the one that was different. In this case here, for production design, four out of the five are um, 20th century, you know, period designs. And, like, they're all solid. They're all good. I mean, Once Upon a Time, 1917, JoJo, Irishman, they're all solid. I mean, they're all, they'll all be getting votes. Parasite, it's the one that stands out. It's the one that's different. It's, it's contemporary. Um, the one thing people talk about about Parasite after seeing it is the house. You know, that was key to that film. The house is like its own character, you know, in, in that movie. And they were so detailed. They made it work so perfectly. The house was constructed for the film. So, um, you know, the, the bunker and everything. So that yeah, was they built so, that, that whole neighborhood that where right. the, uh, the, the poor family lives. They built that from scratch, right. put it into a water tank and all these other really – I'm not sure right. how much right. Oscar voters know about all that. Uh, some of them right. do, of course, because of the Q&A circuit. But uh, uh, the production design of Parasite, yet the story behind that is is very impressive. But right. uh, once a time in Hollywood is is kind of like the tug at the heartstrings of us you know, old uh, Hollywood types like me, who uh, for decades have been going around this town uh, and, and know the, you know the Hollywood of those days. And um, uh, I look into the... Uh, uh, for the details. I mean, it's, there's a selfish reason of, motor, of Oscar voters to go for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think. Uh, right. So it'll, it'll get votes. Um, uh, my question is, you know, the design in, it, in itself in, in, in Once Upon a Time, did it really stand out that much? I mean, there weren't really um, a lot of really elaborate, you know, sets, um, you know, in, in the film. I mean, uh, everything was solid, but, you know, they, they weren't, this wasn't like the Grand Budapest Hotel or The Great Gatsby, you know, films in recent years that have won for a production. Even, even The Shape of Water, which won. It's, it, it didn't stand out that much, I don't think. So um, it's, it's, it's vulnerable to an upset. And, again, a, a category here, we have four 20th century period films. The one contemporary one, the one that's different here, can squeak out a plurality and win, and I think that's Parasite. So, no, I, I agree with all that. Uh, I did hear a vote the other day for uh, 1917, and that makes sense, too. Because if there's right. this real bandwagon for that movie uh, at the Oscars, what's going, you know, it could it could uh, hitch a ride here as well. And the production design is impressive. I mean, the, the attention to detail of everything, those those uh, war tr- trenches and um, the uh, all the abandoned houses, they they and the uh, um, the the bombed out downtown at night. The the scenes are so powerful and so sculpted and. And, and impressive and linger on you that um, this is you know, a very impressive work of of a lot of production design too. There's that's a journey those two soldiers go on, and so that covers a lot of different changing sets all the time, and it all looked real to me. You know, it's you no know, very true, very true. One thing is, you know, it it um, I almost feel like there weren't enough sets in it for it to win, to, to, to win so much it was like out you know, in the fields and a lot of voters will look at them you know production design as being the actual sets you know buildings you know whatnot so that hurts it and also you have you know a World War One film and a World War Two film with Jojo Rabbit so there's going to be some split between the two so <laughs> that's what I think you're I talking think, yourself into this I don't doubt I, that I, can win but I'm skeptical here a uh, best score explain something to me I, I just the score of 1917 was so memorable and haunting for days I hummed it. I don't remember the score of Joker, and I loved that movie, loved it. Uh, and I'm so surprised by all these awards that keep swimming. Uh, I guess I just missed it, right? 
Uh, yeah, there are several key scenes where, you know, where, where he's sitting there silent, Joaquin Phoenix, you know, and you, you hear that music, and uh, it really it really stands out, the music does, you know, it's, and it's it's really different. I mean, 1917, it's it's superb, but it's it sounds exactly like you expect it to sound, whereas Joker, it's very unique, it's very edgy, you know, I mean, and uh, it's, you know, it's key to the character as well, you know, the scenes where he's not speaking, hear that, that score. Uh, and it just, it adds so much. So, I mean, uh, you know, that's why it, uh, sure you're it won, won the globe. And it looks, I mean, unless, unless voters think that they just really have to give it to Thomas Newman this year, unless they think that way, I think Joker's probably got it. Well, I, I have it for, to win too because I'm a coward to, to switch it. But if 1917 wins here, I'm going to, uh, uh, say to myself, you know, I saw that coming and kick myself for not uh, having okay. the chance to go for it. Now, this okay, stand-up the best song you're going for an upset here. Um, my hunch is I think a lot of us just assume that since the Oscars have Elton John, they'll, they'll probably open the whole show with him. I mean, Elton is such a big force on, the, on this Oscar season. And, um, you know, this I'm Gonna Love Me Again is such a, such a good title. It's so, it's so uh, appealing on a ballot. And you and I know that uh, those, Good titles like Heaven on the as uh, a is a traffic jam on the 405. I remember right, you and I saying that can't lose in the short uh, area because it was such a good headline, and we'll get exactly. to that in a second. There's a similar one this year, um, but for song, I think that just Elton and everything about the song is so appealing, and um, uh, the Stand Up Harriet song. Uh, Cynthia, how many of them? How many of the answers? Know that Cynthia Revo wrote that song. Always a contributor, a writer. Um, oh, I think a lot of them will, will, will know that now. Now, here's the thing: is that um, if you look at the stats, it's very difficult, not impossible, but it's difficult to win best song on a single nomination. And Rocket Man missed everywhere. It, you know, it could have gotten in several places: missed best actor, missed costume design, missed makeup, you know, missed uh, production design. I mean. It missed everywhere. This is its only nomination, you know. And also, look, I'm going to love me again. It's, you know, it's kind of a fast, kind of, you know, poppy, you know, song. And usually the ones that win the Oscar are the more emotional, powerful, you know, that, that win. And that is, and that stand up. It's, it's, it's so powerful, you know. And it has a best actress, you know, um, uh, nomination to go along with it and it's it's a song with with a real message to it you know it's so, so powerful especially on the, in this in this uh in this day and age so um i think um i think um i think we'll see revo up on stage i think we'll see we'll see her win and El- el's oh. won before he, he, he won for he won for Kenny for the love tonight and um um i don't think voters feel like they have to give another one so uh <laughs> i think oh they don't I remember think, that um the uh Jumping down to um, or the sound editing, I agree with with you uh, on 1917 in both of those cases for mi- editing and mixing. But Ford versus Ferrari is a threat here, isn't it? Because it depends on how you regard these two movies. We often joke that the loudest movie wins the sound awards, um, and you could say that could be a bomb blowing up in 1917 or cars or the cars zooming by in Ford versus Ferrari. Um, what's your uh, rationale for 1917? I agree with it, but what's your thinking? Sure, yeah. Basically, it's in this case because 1917 is the greater Best Picture threat when it, you know, very well may win Best Picture, and they'll be looking to vote for it, you know, in a number of tech categories. I think it's important for them to to, to honor it where they can, and there's actually not a lot of places, you know, I mean, it's not going to win for screenplay, has no acting nominations, um, you know, it's not going to win, it's not for, like, you know, costume design, so these tech areas are categories where I think they want to honor 1917, and so sound mixing and sound editing is just a perfect place. You know, Dunkirk won both the uh, both categories as well. Um, oh, that's so, Ford v. Ferrari made it into Best Picture, but only has uh, three other, you know, nominations in tech areas. So the, um, you know, I think the the um, desire to vote for Ford v. Ferrari um, isn't as strong as the desire to vote for 1917. So I think uh, 1917, you know, wins uh, wins uh, wins both of these. Uh, for visual effects, uh, I just about an hour or two ago dumped Avengers for 1917. That's your front runner there, but. As uh, I had Avengers up there, but then I realized, oh my God, those the Avengers movies haven't won in the past. One was nominated last year, 
and a Star Wars. I mean, it was a similar kind of matchup in this race last year, and those kind of big franchise films didn't win there. But um, uh, 1917 has the, uh, the 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 gimmick one shot thing and seals it all up. But I was agonizing over the Irishman being my number two and maybe the spoiler to win because of the technology of the the aging. But you have it in last place. Why? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I have the Irishman, I think, last almost every single place. I feel, I feel, I feel bad. No, <laughs> You're emotionally invested in punishing the movie. Okay. Exactly. No, let's look at stats. Remember last year, we talked about we talked about visual effects last year. And I said to you, I said, Tom, I said, you know, um, in, in the past 25 years, only one film has won visual effects on a single nomination, and that was uh, The Jungle Book, 2006. And I told you last year, the only film in that category with multiple nominations was First Man. And, you know, you kind of dismissed me, if you recall, but First Man won. Now, in this yeah. case here, Avengers, this is it's the only nomination, so, um, you know, it's lost before, so I, I think it, it's hopeless. Same for Lion King and Star Wars, I've seen it before. So, I mean, you look at... Lion King is very similar to Jungle Book. Um, so, I mean... In, in terms of being a partner winner. Right, yes, but you know, um, the visual effects weren't as good, and, uh, and Lion King was, um, was not as well received. People just thought it was, it was, uh, you know, basically, uh, just, uh, just, uh, just uh, you know, to, to make money. So, and there's no prestige to it, so I, I don't think it has a chance. Um, so, now the Irishman, the visual effects, people have actually criticized them, you know, that the, that the, the aging didn't work that well. So, I don't see a strong vote, you know, for that. In 1917, oh, I disagree with that. But I just uh, think they—they uh, they think that's like a one technical. I have no idea, but I, I think you're underestimating it there. Now, animated feature—you've uh, got Klaus down in last place. Was this? Uh, did you make this prediction before the Annie Awards? I think you did. Uh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I mean, maybe I should—I should switch those. Here's the thing. You know, I, I'm reluctant to put Toy Story four because we know they have the aversion to, uh, to to voting for sequels. But without Frozen two there. You're going to have the anti-Toy Story vote being split between three films, between Missing Link, uh, Klaus, which swept the Annie's, and I Lost My Body, which has done well with the Critics Awards. So, I mean, my sense is it's going to be hard for any film to get a plurality, you know, against Toy Story 4. You know, there is this emotional connection to Toy Story, uh, the Toy Story films. People grew up with them. Um, you know, even the, the, the original Toy Story, that was before they had the animated feature category, that was nominated for, you know, original screenplay. Um, it's Toy Story 4 is so popular. The franchise is um, without Frozen two to you know cut into its vote. I think it wins a plurality. You know, tell me, do you think I'm wrong? But I mean, I just don't see how anyone. No, I, I'm, can... I'm sticking with Toy Story four too. I think there's also just a, 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 a such a, a love for the for the franchise. Um, right. But um, Klaus, uh, you know, winning nine Annie Awards and shutting and, and, and Toy Story being shut out is um, notable. Ann Thompson told me yesterday, she said, oh, you know, those Annie Awards, uh, they favor 2D movies, and that's why that happened. I don't have a clue there. Uh, but I think you're underestimating Klaus. And I, I think the reason why is you need to push Klaus higher up in your predictions is, is um, it's just the laziness factor. It was the movie on, on Netflix while the Oscar voters were sitting around, you know, at home all the time with their grandkids. And that thing, and Klaus was... The holiday movie on Netflix. I'm sure it's on every single household, <laughs> and so I and it was charming and it it it's it visually drawn in a very compelling artistic way. So anyway, I think that it's uh, it, I make the analogy to how Schitt's Creek is getting all these awards uh, lately and all these major Emmy nominations and things, and you know those stupid voters are just. They, they're voting for the Netflix version they've seen. They're not watching it on top channel. <laughs> yeah, no, right. Yeah. You know, it's funny. If, if there had been, you know, if, if Frozen 2 had been in the category, if you just had, like, one sort of indie choice in here, you know, to go up against the, uh, you know, the heavyweight, I, I'd go for an upset. But in, the, in this scenario here, it just, um, you know, the odds um, just uh, favor Toy Story 4. So maybe I'll, I'll, move, I'll move plus up. You're right. But, um, but it's not. It's pretty unlikely that it's going to win. In documentary feature, I had American Factory at number one all the way up until this morning, and I I pushed it down uh, and put Forsama uh, up in number one, and I'm keeping Cave in number two. I think that can really be a spoiler to win 
I agree with you there. Um, but uh, American Factory, come on, I know it's Obama's production company and all these things, but it's so boring. Oh, my God. And and uh, Forsama has such heart to it, and it was on PBS. I think it aired as part of the Frontline series. And it's it's uh, Forsama is uh, the favorite of a, of a of some real Oscarologists like Joyce Eng. Uh, what's how, how do you size this up? Well, well, first of all, I have to wonder how do they pick these nominees? Because I saw so many great documentaries this past year, and even on the um, the, the short list, like uh, I actually had picked um, um, the Apollo, not the not Apollo Eleven, but the Apollo about the Apollo Theater, you know, in Harlem, which yes. is fantastic, you know, about showbiz. I thought that if that got nominated, that would have won easily, you know. Um, yeah. I don't know how they even pick these. Uh, they, they pick they pick several. They have two Apollo documentaries. They had Apollo Eleven and the Apollo. They they just got confused. Is that They're, what it is? I don't. You're yeah, right. okay, here's the, exactly what it is. Sure. I guess so. Okay, okay, okay. And, and, and this sizing up this this race here. Okay, so you have two. You know about the war in Syria, the cave, and Forsama, and visually they look very similar. Um, yeah. I have to think they're going to split the vote. I, I just. You know, I would vote for the cave myself, but I have to think that you know, with with Prasama in there, it's going to be hard for 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 one of those to win. That's you know, that's my sense. Now, I, Honeyland, I have no idea why it's getting all the claim it has. I Man, I found it pretty boring, so I, I think it's unlikely. Edge of Democracy about Brazilian politics. I mean, it's, I thought it was pretty boring. You know, American Factory. It's the one that's primarily you know in in English. It's the only one that's set you know in 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 America. And, you know, um, this thing came up a few years ago, the year of um, Pages Places, you know, that is it not true that no foreign language film documentary um, that, that that's primarily in a foreign language has won the Oscar documentary? In this case here, four of the five are foreign language documentaries. The only one that's primarily in English is American Factory, you know, set in America. So, I mean, I have to think that by default, I mean, it, uh, you know, it, it wins. You know, I mean, it's, it's well done. I mean, it tells a story. It's well put together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, well edited. Um, it's uh, well shot. Good production value. Great prestige, great reviews. No, no, absolutely. I, so, I had it as so. my number one up a little bit to this morning, and I just said, "Wow!" And, and I'm going to take a look at these again over the weekend. But um, for some, it just has such heart to it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I want to predict an upset here, but it just to me the, the lineup it looks like it it sets up American Factory's victory. That's that's my sense. Yeah, well, we're going to jump over international film because it's obviously parasite. Um, for animated short, um, what's your take here? You're often very good at these categories and predicting them. Oh, thanks. Okay, well, first of all, um, okay, I've seen all these. Um, Sister, Memorable, and uh, Desera, Daughter, those three, I'm sorry, they're out. <laughs> you know, they're so dark and strange, and uh, there's just no way. So it's between Karolev and Kitbull. Now, Kitbull, it has the animals. The animals often win, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, and and it's, it's, uh, right. Um, but my sense is, love though, um, it has the human connection, you know, in it. You know, it did. Uh, I don't want to get too much away. People haven't seen it yet, but it has, you know, a connection to it's you know, a little girl, and there's a cancer connection. It, it has a little more gravitas to it. Um, so, um, my sense is, I, I have a hard time seeing them denying hair love for Kitball. It's definitely between those two. But I have to think Hair Love, you know, has the has the edge. And also, too, you know, again, with this year, the criticism over lack of diversity, Hair Love, you know, featuring, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, people of color, you know, um, I, I have I have to think that that's a, that's a factor as well. So um, I think it's uh, I think it's Hair Love by Hair. <laughs> now, uh, documentary shorts. This is you know, learning to skateboard in a war zone is is such a you know colorful, compelling headline like. Um, uh, you know, heaven is attracted to him. Right. Which one here? Uh, What's your yeah, okay. Superman is really beloved, and that's a major contender here. Um, right, yes. Yes, you know, it's between those two. Um, I'm giving the edge to uh, learning to skateboard. I think actually, like you said, the title, you know, works in its favor here. Um, it, I give it the edge, but you're but single Superman. Part of me wants to pick it for an upset because um, it's excellent and it's timely, and um, there is, um, you know, there's been like a lot, a lot of campaigning going on for it. A lot of stars have been speaking up about it, so um, it can it can do it. It, it can do it. Um, I uh, I'm tempted to uh, to change that, but I feel like on, on the on the ballot that learning to skateboard in Warzone, it just the title is just so great. Um, you know, I give it I give it the edge. 
you know, and that seems important as well. It's very, very political, very, uh, you know, very important. And, you know, about, you know, girls' rights as well. I mean, look at what won last year, period, end of sentence. So um, I think skateboard might might have the edge. Yeah. Now, live action short, I have not seen these nominees, but uh, Marcus Dixon, one of our editors, was very upset that you had his favorite one of these five <laughs> at number five. He got Death the Football Club at five. And he went, oh, it's all right, that's a number five. <laughs> um, and he thought, he told me to tell you that the neighbor's window is very boring, and so is Brotherhood. <laughs> uh, okay, got it. Well, okay, well, you have Brotherhood winning, right? I did, and I think I still do, but I'm going to I'm going to watch these uh, tonight. That's okay, right. Okay, so we have seen all these, and it's funny, um, you know, one of our, our Gold Derby um, users, um, who's a friend of mine, who, um, who sometimes contributes as well, Dan Davidson, he told me, he said, oh, please, don't give it give it away because it, people will listen to you if you tell them what's going to win. <laughs> so don't give it away. <laughs> but but I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll say it right now. Brotherhood is not going to win. I don't know why everyone's taking it. <laughs> it's, because, it's because, you know, when, when the odds went up, you know, in alphabetical order, it was the top, and people just moved it over. That's why everyone's picking it, right? But I can guarantee Brotherhood is not going to win. So I'll put it out there. Um, it is uh, – it's, it's the neighbor's window. Oh, definitely. I'll be shocked if it doesn't win. Yeah, I mean really? – um, Netflix Football Club, that, okay, that was, that was, um, that was all over the place. I mean, you shouldn't have a, a live action short film that drags. I mean, it was, it was not focused, I'm sorry. And Brotherhood, the same thing. I mean, it, it, it introduces the characters and then it's not focused enough, um, and, and it, it ends abruptly. I, I don't, Brotherhood's not winning. Uh, and then a sister, it's, it's one of those where it's basically like one extended scene. Uh, similar to the way that um, uh, Cat Elementary was two years ago, the people that was going to win, those ones that are like one scene almost never win. And it's, it's a good scene. It's well done, but um, it's not enough impact. It's not going to win. Now, sorry, I, I had potential. Um, I think the storytelling there, um, it was uneven. Uh, uneven. Um, the pacing was off, and it kind of um, jumped to the conclusion way too fast. And uh, it's an important subject, and maybe we'll get votes for that reason, but I don't see winning. The Neighbors Window is the one that's the best constructed. You know, it's it's um, a proper short film, introduces characters, it has a plot, um, has an arc to it, and it tugs the heartstrings. There's emotional moments, and it ends with a nice resolution. Um, so, and also, The Neighbors Window is the only one here that is in English and set in the States. You know, it's the one oh, album that we So, um, Neighbors Window, I'll be shocked if it doesn't win. I just tweeted about it. I think it's, I think it's a slam dunk. You know, I, I tweeted to the director, Marshall Curry, I said, get your, get your speech ready, you're winning. So, I think, um, I think it's, I think it's got it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, what, 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 what is your observation in general this year about, uh, the whole Oscar lineup? You know, well, I, you know, I feel like it's, it's a shame that it's, it's so, um, the Oscars are so early this year. Because it makes it uh, less likely likely for uh, for any any you know upsets to brew you know if we had time you know maybe you know some some things could change but uh, we're uh, we're not going to have that you know it's funny supporting actress you and I I mean we tried to get um, Lee Jung Un from Parasite the, the housekeeper as supporting actress yeah. nomination because if she'd gotten in I guarantee you she could have won you know she was I amazing. Know. And it just with Willie Ballots, you know, they, they named it Kathy Bates. She got in, you know, um, so, um, it's a shame. Um, there will be a couple surprises in some of the, in some of the tech categories. And like I think, I think production design is a, is a category where I think Parasite could upset. And, uh, I think song is a category where, um, you know, where, um, stand up and Harriet can upset. So we'll see it. We'll see a couple of those, but not a whole lot. You know, but of course it doesn't matter because best picture I think is a photo finish, and regardless of what happens, um, we won't know till the very end. But one clue we will get though, Tom, is you know if Parasite wins, either film editing or production design, that will be a good a good um, you know um, um, omen for its best picture chances. You know because Parasite's not nominated in many categories, so I do think voters will want to check it off where they can, and um, so it could take you know production design or editing or possibly both. So. If um if that's the case, that could then I mean that could signal that it is um that it does um uh, upset for best picture if it can win one of those set categories. So uh yeah. we'll see. Oh, screenplay as well, which I know you don't uh, maybe pick yet, but uh, it can definitely win screenplay. So and if it loses screenplay, then it's probably out of the race for best picture. The um, um the Oscars last year were accused of being you know the ultimate fuddy duddy <coughs> award by um not picking the coolest stuff like Roma. And going for the uh, traditional uh, meatloaf like 
uh, Green Book. But right. I, you know, I loved Green Book, and I loved Bohemian Rhapsody, and I liked Roma, but I loved the other movies, and I, so I was rooting for it. But um, Roma was the cool choice. And this year, the cool choice is Parasite. And I think it's different because I think Parasite has a heart. I mean, and, well, Roma certainly had a heart. But, I mean, it's just much more a compelling, plot-driven, uh, suspenseful, uh, engaging movie. And, um, and, but um, it, it, the Oscars, we can't really often count on them being cool. But that said, they did go for Shape of Water. That was pretty cool. And it was a female perspective right. movie. I mean, they sometimes yeah. break from these molds. Right, and Moonlight as well. I mean, come on. I mean, that was that was them trying to be cool as well. And by the way, Tom, can I, I hope you don't want me to bring this up, but um, it, we, I think I can say this now. You know, a year ago when we had one of our first, um, you know, um, um, chats uh, about the award season before we were on before we were being recorded, the first thing I said to you was, I said, "Oh my God!" I said, "Wasn't Roma just the worst? It was so boring, <laughs> so pretentious." And I, we, I thought we couldn't say it at the time, but come on, the movie was so boring. You know, I mean, nobody was, I mean, it was the artistic, you know, it was the prestige picture, but really it didn't have the rooting factor. Parasite is very different. People love Parasite. People are fascinated by it. And it reminds me of the year of, um, of The Silence of the Lambs in the sense that that year, I didn't pick that movie to win Best Picture. I thought it was too unorthodox, you know, a movie about cannibalism to win Best Picture. And Roger, and Roger Ebert, the late critic Roger Ebert, remember he said, Silent Slums would win, and he said it's a movie that people can't stop talking about it. You know, can't, can't stop talking, uh, talking about it. They just love this movie. And I feel like it's the same thing this year. Parasite is a movie that everybody, you know, Oscar voters and others, they just love talking about it. And yeah. um, for that reason, you know, I just think it, it really can. I know I know the, um, the foreign language film stat, that's, you know, obviously one that, um, you know, it, uh, it'll, it'll break that. But I think this year, Parasite really could do it. So and it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be exciting if it does. I mean, it'd be fantastic. If you, can you imagine the reaction that they announced the Best Picture Parasite? I mean, the audience will go wild if that happens. Oh, they will. Yeah. I know, and it will really yeah. up the Academy's street cred because that's a real exactly. movie. Um, they've been going artistic in general in you know in the last uh, decade or two ever since screeners uh, made these these artsy movies easier to view for them. Uh, in the old days, remember they used to go. Autom- automatic nominees would be blockbusters like the Towering Inferno and Airport and Hotel. And Jaws, <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. Ready to walk our heat, exactly. That we get nominated, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, uh, Tarp, good luck. Um, uh, I'm fascinated to hear your take. We agree on a lot of these races. Um, and I could see, um, I-, I don't think I'm going to. Uh, uh, follow you on production design. I could see how that could win, and and a parasite sweep could make it more more possible. But I'm going to um, stubbornly go my own way in a couple races. But in general, I think you've really got um, uh, spot on predictions this year. Hey, I mean, maybe one of us, Tom, can get a perfect score this year. Maybe we can do it. You know, so <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> if not, a somebody. So I, I think this year somebody will get a perfect score. I think I think this year somebody will do it. So that'll be exciting. Yes, uh, and it'll be definitely be me. No, it'll, uh, we're rooting for you guys listening to this, uh, podcast to go to Gold Derby, prove that you are the ultimate expert. No one has ever had 100% at Gold Derby predicting the Oscars, and we've had more than 60,000 people do it. So get out there and prove that you are the smartest prognosticator in the entertainment business.